Welcome to the Pilgrim Song, where we talk about the collision of the Bible, social issues, and how to walk closer with God. I'm your host, Alexander, also here with my co-host, Charlie. How you doing, Charlie? I'm doing good. Good, good. to be here. Oh, man. As always. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's a good week for the podcast. We are, again, we're very thankful for all that you have been listening. And this week, officially, we are now on Apple Podcasts. So that's a huge move up, naturally. Uh, we're excited for that. And I didn't even know this. Thankfully, Charlie told me. But like Apple Podcasts is like the bigger podcasting thing. I just assumed it was Spotify. So Yeah. So tell your <laughs> friends. Tell your family. For tell sure. your friend's family. If you enjoy, share it. We would yeah. love, we'd love Even to if you don't it. enjoy, you can still share it. That's true. Maybe other people get <laughs> something out of it. <laughs> but yeah. So we're, we're excited to be back here. We want to talk about another issue that we've been you know, thinking about something that's popular in our current culture that can be popular in church culture, and we just want to address it in, of course, the biblical sense of the matter. So, when we think about, I guess, broader culture, Charlie, uh, one of the most common things you hear is this idea of judge not or don't judge me. Uh, so, where do you think this idea comes from? Like, where does where that idea come from? Yeah, so this is something that goes around a lot, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, you know, I think it stems from all of us, we want to feel right, mm-hmm. right? We, we want to feel justified in the things that we say, in the things that we do. And the idea of judgment or being judged kind of goes against that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't like that. At least I don't think, I know I don't like that. Um, maybe some people do like (laughs) that, but I know personally, I, I, I don't enjoy being told that I'm wrong or different things like that. Um, I don't think anyone for the most part wants to be judged for the things that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be scary. It can be intimidating. Uh, and so that's why I think we like to put these walls up around us of like these, you know, judgment free zones, uh, (laughs) something that we hear. Um, which is not, that's, that's not always wrong. Like that's perfectly fine. You can totally put up judgment free zones around yourself about certain things. Like I cooked, uh, some food the other day for the first time. And I was like, this is a judgment free zone because I've never made it like this before. And so I don't want people to judge me for that. But, um, (laughs) but it can also be a bad thing as well, um, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But what about you? Where do you think it comes from? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's a lot of this postmodern idea Mm -hmm. of that. Everybody is going to be right. Like everyone's going to be right about something. Sure. But from my perspective, like that, it makes no sense when we put that into genuine practice. That if everybody was right about everything, if someone kills somebody, we're just like, well, that's he's living out his truth. He's living out what is perfectly good for him. So we just we shouldn't do anything about that. We shouldn't arrest him or anything like that. Right. I mean, even something as like like racism. No one is sitting around like, well, maybe a few people, but not everyone (laughs) is sitting around like, well, if that person's a racist, then I'm not going to judge them. That's that's them living out their truth. Right. But we have this natural inclination. We want to be right. So when someone calls us out for being uh, incorrect, for being wrong, that's that's something we want to avoid at all costs. So I'm very similar to what you answer. It's just, yep. I want to be right. Yeah. Don't, no. don't tell me that I'm wrong. So, And that's, that's a really dangerous perspective in a lot of ways. So, you know, what do you think this does for the broader culture? Like just, I guess, America for us. Yeah. So I think this can have an issue where it leads to we cannot handle disagreeing with each other, Mm. Um, where, 
you know, we don't know how to disagree with somebody um, if we always want to be right, if we don't like being told that we're wrong. We don't know how to handle those situations when someone does disagree with you mm-hmm. or when someone does something that you disagree with. We don't know how to handle that. How do I talk to that person? Oh, I just don't. Then they're right. It's their truth. Their truth is right. And my truth, I'm just going to believe what I want to believe. And we're just going to agree to disagree and move on from that. Which, again, in certain situations is okay. But there's sometimes, specifically when we talk about the Bible, uh, as we'll get into in a little bit, where that's <laughs> not necessarily okay, but broader culture, right? I think it can get us into this mindset of not knowing what to do and not being able to handle mm. disagreement. What about you? Yeah. I, I think just in a... I'm probably just, I think we're just going to align a lot on this idea, but like (laughs) we come into a place where no one is going to be able to just listen. Well, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that culture doesn't do very well right now. Well, maybe that's just human, a human thing, but not listening to each other, uh, that we don't allow this room for growth. And therefore our instinct is to say, don't judge me, but we make the same, we make a different judgment about other people. So we just, no, everyone's just talking past each other instead yeah. of let's, let's reason together, which is what the Bible says to do. So I think that's a really important aspect. But really, when you know, both of us being Christians, both of us being in a, in a part of a church culture, how does this affect particularly, how does the judge not idea, how does that affect particularly a, a church culture? Yeah, well, first of all, I definitely think it can, for sure. Um, and it infiltrates, and you know, I think we can see it, that it has infiltrated mm. church culture, for sure. Um, and just kind of basic overall, what I think it can lead to is just we can get into some bad doctrine, mm. um, where you can get into areas, right, where you are, are no longer teaching the truth. Um, and you may not realize it, but if no one is telling you that, hey, you know, maybe you should go back and reread that, think about this differently, maybe you're not saying that correctly, that can lead you into bad doctrine, which you could then lead other people into maybe some bad doctrine. Um, and that can have some pretty big ramifications, like Apollos kind of comes to my mind oh, yeah. uh, when I think about it, you know, someone that was teaching, he was teaching, which was good, and that's commendable, but he was not teaching necessarily what was true. Um, and if no one had made that judgment, uh, if no one had told him that what he was doing was wrong, he would have continued spreading that false doctrine around and Mm -hmm. and leading people astray, people who had never heard the words of Jesus before. And that could have been really bad. Uh, And because there was a judgment that was made and that people realized that, hey, what you're saying is wrong, they made that discernment between right and wrong um, for him, then he became a very strong and faithful person that we know of. What about you? I mean, like, yeah, in with Priscilla and Quilla, we don't see them like come in and just mm-hmm. bring down this cudgel. It's they yep. just inform him of the more correct way. And I sure. and that's I really appreciate that story. That's a great yeah. example. And he handles it like a champ. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. Both of that that story is just a good way of yeah. proper judgment on both sides. Uh but you know, for me as a preacher, there the the hardest part of my job is Telling people and look at them, having them look at me, and I have to tell them they're wrong. This attitude that you have is wrong because oftentimes, until we're told we're wrong, we don't move, right? We'll just stay there and we'll do whatever we want to do, and we think we're acceptable, we think we're good in front of God, we think we're acceptable in front of the members of our church, all that type of stuff. When we could be just floundering, sure. it's, it's stagnation. And the example that I commonly use is it's like working out. That when you you have to tear apart muscle in order to grow muscle. So that means that your muscles are going to have to endure something. And 
when it comes to judgment, that means you're going to have to endure being told you're wrong. Yep. You need to improve. You need to do this. And just because someone called you out for your sin and your de- if your default reaction is simply judge not rather than seeing, is this a proper judgment? That's a really dangerous position to be in. You're just going to defend your personal desire, not actually mm-hmm. what God's word has done. So it can be detrimental. I think you've, as you've already right. said, it's, it's infiltrated a bit and yeah. it's something we need to be working on. And I think you hit a key point and we're going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> proper judgment. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, that's a really good way of wording it there. Um, cause I think, I think a fear I know that I have, and I'm sure I'm probably not alone in this is that <clears throat> it's difficult to make a judgment against somebody because you don't know that yourself are right. Like mm-hmm. what if you're wrong in thinking that they're wrong? Right. What if you tell someone, hey, maybe you should look at it this way when in reality they were right and you weren't. And so then that leads you to never wanting to make that judgment because you're afraid that you're going to be wrong and you're going to be the one responsible mm-hmm. for getting those bad ideas in. So it's, yeah, a, uh, it's a balance. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I mean, there, that, that the fear of wrong on both sides, like that's... Yep. That can that can stop us from yeah. moving forward, but yeah. I, I don't yeah. like hearing that I'm wrong. No. But it's also hard for me to tell other. I also am afraid to tell somebody else oh, yeah. that they're wrong too. It's all, sure. it's just as awkward <laughs> as hearing it as it is being the one. Some people are probably very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I like in this podcast we've talked a lot about vulnerability right. and the need to be vulnerable, and especially with the church family, that's a place where we need to be more vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Is being willing to be like, yeah, I'm wrong about this. I'm somewhere I need to grow. Uh, and it's going to hurt. Like when someone tells you you're wrong or they critique you, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And we can't get past that. But at the end of the day, when I know that if Charlie comes and critiques me, I know that he cares ultimately about my soul. He cares about me being an effective speaker. That's what, when he tells me that, that's what's going to be most helpful for me. So having that idea when it comes to our church, that's going to be really effective, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you have anything else you, any thoughts about church culture, anything about just judgment in general? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on church culture. Okay. No, but nothing, <laughs> nothing else about judgment. All right. So. Well, we're going to come back in just a little bit and we're going to talk about like this very common usage of only God can judge me or judge not. And we're going to be looking into what Jesus actually says about this out of Matthew chapter seven. So we're going to be right back. And we're going to be talking about that. So, judge not comes directly from Matthew 7. So we're going to read the first five verses and talk about it a little bit. Let's go. All right. (laughs) Matthew 7, is starting in verse 1, it says, Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, When there is the log in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. All right. So pretty familiar passage. Uh, In context, it reads a lot more than just judge not. Yeah. So what are your, what are your first thoughts when you come to Matthew 7, 1 through 5? Like what what are you thinking? It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's a passage that a lot of us are pretty familiar with um, because it gets used so very oh, often yeah. in church culture um, and in non-church culture as well. You'll hear, you know, people who aren't religiously affiliated will say things like, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? Like, aren't you not supposed to judge me because you're a Christian? 
Um, and because I think there's a lot of mis, in my opinion, there's a lot of misinterpretation Absolutely. around this passage. Um, it's easy for us to read things like this and be like, okay, I'm just never supposed to judge anyone ever. Because if I do, then I'm going to be judged even worse. Mm-hmm. Because, right, who am I to judge someone when I myself am also in sin? And it kind of goes back to the idea that I was talking about before, being afraid. Mm. This passage is one of the things that makes me afraid. Do you know? Do I have a log in my eye? Like, and I do, right? Yeah, I feel yeah. like all of us, that's what he's trying to say. is like, we all are terrible, flawed people. Like, so should I be going and trying to pull this speck, like he talks about, out of someone else's eye? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, you know? But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's for my sure. initial thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, very powerful, a very difficult passage as well, yeah. reminding us that we are hypocrites and we do need to have just really take a, a genuine self-assessment of, am I accusing someone of something that I am very much uh, in trouble with? The same thing that I struggle with. So we're just going to break this down a little bit and go through here and kind of get a, gain a better understanding of what uh, Jesus is talking about here. So he begins by saying, judge not, lest you be judged, and then continues that thought through verse 2. I think if you read verse 1 isolated, yep. you're going you're gonna to have some problems Which with interpretation. Which we oftentimes do. Yeah, yeah. Usually when you hear it quoted, it's just, it's judge just not, judge that you not. not be judged. Or even just judge not. <laughs> judge not. <laughs> like, okay. It's the title of the podcast. Yeah. So, but then you get into verse 2, and he talks about specifically what type of judgment this leads into. So as Charlie already read, for with the judgment you pronounced, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So I think that Jesus is really trying to get us to understand that if I come, I have an anger, let's say I have an anger issue. And then Charlie, I see Charlie getting angry with somebody else. And before I look at my anger issue, but I go over Charlie and I'm like, Charlie, you need to be a more patient, loving, caring person. Your anger is turning people off to the gospel. You're being destructive. You're hurting your marriage, like all this type of stuff. And I say that all to him. Meanwhile, I'm destroying my family and I'm destroying my church with my anger. And I'm looking at myself. I'm judging Charlie with a much more unfair judgment than what he deserves because I still struggle with anger to that extent. And I'm not even thinking about that. You think I'm correct on that? No, I think, think? I, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and it's funny that you use that example, man. That felt personal. <laughs> that is something that I struggle with, funny enough. Yeah. saying, yeah, for sure. Uh, my wife would 100% agree with you. On that. Um, I didn't mean to call him out like that. And <laughs> I actually have had someone talk to me about it before, um, specifically. But And it was a similar situation where, you know, they had also had some anger issues. And they used that as a way to point it out to me, like, hey... Instead of being like, what are you doing? You're destroying every relationship that you have. You need to get this under control. It was, hey, listen, I have this issue that I struggle with. I can see that maybe you're struggling with it too. You know, first off, you're not alone. And here's ways that I handle my anger. You know, maybe this will help you. Mm. So it was a little bit, you know, I guess that brings in the next point of like, when you are going to judge someone and bring something to them, it's. The way that you present it and the way that you say it is extremely important. Absolutely. But yeah, that's, that's a yeah. that's the next point. Don't want to get too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's, yeah. A, that's a beautiful way to do it. Yeah, we'll come back and address that. But yeah, when you go and I think that this is a very huge problem in our world is like, yeah. look at how righteous I am. You're a terrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you out for your terribleness without considering for even one second uh, my terribleness. Right. And that's, I think that's really what Jesus is coming at here. Not simply never judge anyone ever, never make a judgment ever, but rather, are you judging with the standard that you aren't even holding yourself to? And when we hold ourselves to ultimately God's standard, that means that I do 
have the authority to call people out as long as I'm using God's word, not my yeah, subjective absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. So going through this a little bit more, he talks about uh, in verses three and four. And I think, you know, we, when we read through this, as we read through the Bible, sometimes we kind of read in this monotone voice. <laughs> and but what we have with Jesus here is, I think, just it's a bit of a joke. Yep. You see that, you know, you have a, this, you see over here, if I, I, Charlie is my example. Like he's got a little bit of a speck, a little bit of wood speck in his eyes. Like, okay, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty rough. And then the illustration on the other end is you have a log in your eye. Like that's supposed to yeah. be a joke. It's hyperbolic to show you have no idea how to see into your brother's eye right now. I turn my face to him. I'm going to smack him in the face. It's going to be unhelpful <laughs> to both of us. So once I get this log cut out of my eye, then I'm going to be able to help him with the speck. And I love this portion of the thing because he doesn't say, oh, you have a log in your eye. Therefore, just run away. Don't go ever talk to him. That's but true. Rather, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, but don't cut the log out of your eye so you're able to help Then you can help person. Yeah, that's a great point. I've, yeah, that's a that's a really good point that you made there. He doesn't say, don't judge ever because we're all terrible people. He mm -hmm. says, if you want to, you need to get your life right first. Mm -hmm. And then once you've figured out how to deal with your problems, like I was saying with the person who talked to me about my anger, right? He's figured out ways to deal with it. He's, he's started pulling that log out of his eyes. So now he can help me by teaching me the same things that he did to maybe help me in my situation. Exactly. And it's not like he, I'm not, we're not advocating you have to be perfect in what yeah, you've struggled with none of us you will can be. help. Yeah. yeah. That, that'll be a dead end. <laughs> right. But as, as again, we try this example, it's a guy who is steadily working on it. Here are some things that have helped me. Yeah. Let me try to help my younger brother, I'm assuming. So, yes. And yeah. the faith. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's, that's a really beneficial thing. And I, and when you read it in context, again, Jesus is not saying, don't judge anyone. It is judge with proper judgment and remove the thing that is blocking you from really helping someone else before you're able to, you know, give them a fair assessment, a fair judging. Um, and, that, and that's what I say. He says in verse five, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own, uh, own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So just coming back through and clarifying this idea, when you have a giant log in your eye and you go to someone else and you're hitting them with the log and you're telling them like how terrible they are, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. And that's a real danger for the church is like you go out, you go out and you tell people you're unloving. And meanwhile, you're not fairly tipping people or you're just being really kind to homeless people. You're saying that they don't work hard enough or you just like... There are plenty of ways that we can be unloving and then go tell the world that actually you're unloving. Yeah. But rather, we have to do some self-assessment. Am I loving? Am I being an angry person? Am I lying? Am I prideful? Because that's something I need to work on myself before I can go out and you know, help that with the church. It would also be a, a preacher of the good news to other people. And the hypocrisy, I think, is also really key that you mentioned that there, too, and that Jesus mentions it. Yeah. Um, because that's... You talk about why, you know, why it's in our culture, but also why it's in the church. I think this kind of goes hand in hand is that we, we have all seen that hypocrisy and that makes no one likes to see the mm -hmm. hypocrisy that's happening and it makes us mad. Uh, so that's why we like to do this. You can't judge me, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you do, you're just being a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. I don't like hypocrites. So like, you can't <laughs> judge me because you're wrong. Therefore, you know, you can't tell me that I'm wrong. And I think we're all, you know, that idea of hypocrisy and we see it and we don't like it and it makes us mad. Therefore, the way to avoid the hypocrisy is just to 
tell everyone you don't want to be judged and get mad when people do or don't judge anybody ever at all. Mm. So yeah, I feel like that could be for sure. So we have to, yeah. we have to find a balance of when someone comes up to us to critique us on things that they've struggled with, we can't naturally lash at them, at them and call them a hypocrite because if they're a genuine brother, trying brother or sister, they're trying to help us through the situation. So when we lash out, a lot of times what happens is we're defending our sin mm-hmm. instead of, trying to understand it yeah um but again the warning also goes to you don't be a hypocrite either when you go up to people and tell them about all the awful things they've done while your life is falling apart you're not listening to never end well it will not it's a whole other podcast i I know yeah (laughs) we're just gonna have to do one on like christian balance and how like how these things work together it's it should be a lot better than it is but yeah but this again this is a really powerful passage about you know about hypocrisy but also about what does proper judgment look like does it look like i sit there while my brother has a speck in his problem is i he has a problem do i just sit there and not do anything because well i got problems too or do i seek him out to help him but firstly i have to remove what's in my own eye before i'm able to help that first and that's what jesus is talking about when we see it in context in matthew 7 so again a good passage a very powerful one much needed just in the world yeah anything else before we move on out of matthew 7 here I don't think so. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a bit of what proper judgment looks like, really trying to apply Matthew 7. And yeah, we'll be right back. See you. So, Alexander. You've said it a few times now, this idea of proper judgment. Mm. So what would you say is proper judgment? How would you define that phrase? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of ways. But obviously, (laughs) proper judgment comes with a true understanding of what God's word and what God's wisdom is trying to reveal and a lack of personal bias that goes into a situation, which I think is something that really twist judgment mm-hmm. people's perception is you're judging me based upon your personal preconceived notions rather than what is truth and what is not truth so proper judgment i think is this perfect combination of the authority of the word of god but also a compassionate and loving heart so when i should when we do go to give judgment it shouldn't be i'm going to hit you over the head with the word of god i'm going to beat you like it's a cudgel but rather i'm going to try to you know show god's authority here and i'm going to teach you it in a way that's going to be kind and that you're going to be a little bit more i think easier to listen to i think mm-hmm. that's, that's what's helpful yeah so do you do you have a thing no you think the, the only thing i was going to say just to ask you like a just thought question yeah yeah well enough because i'm only asking because i've heard it what would you say to someone because you mentioned not having personal bias in there mm-hmm. what would you say to someone that would say well, your belief in the Bible and you being a Christian makes you biased towards the Bible. The Bible is your personal bias. How would you respond to something like that? That's a deep cut question. Yeah. Um, if I'm speaking to someone who is atheistic, I will not refer to the Bible. And I would encourage every Christian not to because mm-hmm. until they believe in the authority of Scripture, they're not going to they're not going to listen. Yeah. Uh, what I would really try to go back to is are there objective moral virtues and duties of you know Mm -hmm. that that we live in yeah because if 
there are objective morals and duties, that means that there is something that I can call you out on. Like, yeah. But if there, if it is completely arbitrary, then it's then fine. I can't call you out on anything. But that also means that when someone murders twelve people, you can't say anything about it because sure. that's just his personal thing. Yeah. Uh, so we have to take that into account. And again, that's one of my biggest arguments for God's existence is objective morals, duties, and stuff like that. Uh, but particularly when we come, I think Christians, we, we have to do a better job of when we're talking about the outside world, not, we take our bias into that situation. Right. I'm always going right. to, but if I'm speaking to someone who does not care about the Bible, I cannot come in there and rush it and, and throw it at their face. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit of coaxing to come to an understanding of who God is, what is revealed, where it is, and then hopefully we can work from there. I like that a lot. No, I think it's a great, that's a great answer. And it's a great thing for all of us to take and, and practice that. I mm. think that's a really good idea and a good like tactic in a way that to reach someone who mm. maybe doesn't have that foundation in scripture yeah. like we do. Yeah. It's fantastic. a very, yeah, it's a very powerful argument. Like yeah. I, I've, I, I've tried to think about this a lot when Christians, sometimes the default reaction to something like black lives matter is all lives matter. Instead of asking the question of people who don't believe that there is any objective truth, why do black lives matter? Why does any life matter at all? Right. That's an evangelistic tool that you can help. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why does this life matter? Why does being killed? Why does injustice? Why does that matter? Well, there's got to be some value to humanity. And where is that going to come from outside of truly what we, we see in God? So that's I think that's a really effective way to work in our in our world, in our culture. So. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. <laughs> uh, so we also have a couple of things that we want to talk about with how personal judgment uh, or proper judgment, rather, <laughs> personal, uh, how, how, we, how we work through this. So out of Proverbs 3, 7, which Proverbs, if you haven't read it, uh, it's just it's particularly as you go later in the books, little chunks of wisdom and love that. Uh, and we have this out of Proverbs 3, 7. It simply says, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. And this is, again, the danger that Jesus was warning about, being wise in your own eyes, that based upon what I see and what I feel and my personal righteous indignation, therefore you are wrong. And that's such a dangerous thing instead of putting it on the objective moral being that is God and then working our judgment from there. So it's very important to not judge with your personal perceptions, but rather with the perception of God. Uh, and I think that's that's a perfect starting point. That's where yeah, you need to go absolutely. from the beginning. So you have any other thoughts on I that? I can't add anything. I'll, I think I'll you summed that up <laughs> All right. perfectly. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, so we also are supposed to judge upon God's word how a life is lived. So that it continues into that idea that maybe someone is doing something that personally I don't agree with. I don't like this. Actually, we were just talking about this yeah. off screen. <laughs> Here we go. This is a great example. Uh, let's say someone brings an iPad to church and they're using that as their Bible. For me personally, I really like using my personal Bible and, and having a word. I use a study Bible or I have another one where I just write in, whatever it may be. So my personal thing is I'm not going to use an iPad. Uh, that might be a little bit distracting to me. But it's other people that might be really helpful and that, that it gives them the ability to highlight. And you were talking about like cross. Yeah, good for taking notes. Exactly. Yeah, putting the passages in your notes or they're with you with links to stuff. Yeah. yeah. So if I come up with my personal <laughs> moral, like, I don't know, and I'm just frustrated and I'm like, you shouldn't be using that iPad. It's like, well, we haven't, that's, that's a judgment call. If it's helpful for someone, that's help. I'm glad. I'm glad they can be helped by that. But if I come in with personal 
indignation about what they've done, I'm I'm not that's not what God's judgment is. That's yeah. simply my judgment. So we have to be very careful about that. It, it can be easy to get it twisted. Yeah, and I think that's where we can branch into things like traditionalism, uh, mm. where that kind of comes into the church. When we begin to let things like our own personal biases or things just because that's the way it's always been done, right? We don't do certain things because that's just not because we have any scriptural grounds to say so, but because it's just that's just the natural thing. To do. That's mm-hmm. just the natural order of things. But, you know, can you tell somebody that they're wrong for going against something that just it's because it's the way that it's always been done, right? You, yeah. You can't. I think it's the point that you're making. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't let those things get in. Uh, something that we certainly have to be careful with because that's, that's da- those are dangerous waters oh, yeah. to get into. When you just do uh, what's comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so be, making sure that what, if there is a, there's a lot of judgment issues. Like there's a lot yeah. of things that we just don't have X, Y, and Z. Like this is where right. it is in the scripture. It's just places that we are going to vary on some some of these issues. Right. So give people the freedom to do that. But also when God does say X and Y, Z, that's when we take action. Exactly. Uh, One of the other things that's been, I guess, what happens in a judge not culture is the rise of the coexist sticker, which again (laughs) is like a podcast in and of itself. We could probably do one of that. Uh, but it's this idea that everybody can be right. Everybody can be true. Uh, so we don't really talk about if someone is saying something false. Why can't we all just get along? Why can't, right? <laughs> I, I, we, we can love them. <laughs> we, we can, can love, get yeah. along. But right. you know, it, it can't. Christianity and Islam cannot be true at the same time. It, it's not true. So there is a duty for us to call out what it, things that are false, things that are being taught that are false. So over in First John, he gives this warning at the beginning of uh the fourth chapter. First John 4, starting in verse 1, says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. First John 4 is talking about knowing the difference between error and truth. And that means it's going to be a judgment call. That means you're going to have to know if someone comes to you and says, Jesus isn't actually God. They're wrong. That requires a level of judgment. So if we go into it with this entirely judge, not add to someone tells us something completely false about Jesus, about the resurrection or something like that. And we just take it and accept it and not judge it, not test the spirits. As John says, we're falling in line with, as he calls the antichrist. So, it's a it's a very dangerous territory to not have this idea of discernment and testing and judgment what is proper. So I think that's really important. Yeah, we make judgments every day, mm. all the time. Um, you know, if we're people that say that we live our lives not judging, doing not judging other people, not making any judgments at all, I mean, I think you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. because 
every decision that we make every single day, whether it's the littlest things or the big things, the big decisions that we have to make, we have to make judgments, right? There are some things that we do just out of habit, just because, you know, it's just muscle memory. That's just the way I do things. But every decision that we make involves some sort of thought process on deciding what you're going to do, which means you have to make a judgment in doing that. Mm-hmm. So not every judgment that we're going to make is things based off the Bible, right? And so that's not what we're talking about in this. What we're talking about are the ones that are based off of the truth. Right. And there are going to be times in our lives, like you said, where we and like this passage, we, we have to do that. Yeah. Because if we don't, we're going to get into some really bad problems. Right. We have to be able to discern the scriptures. We have to be able to, to listen to the things that people are saying, to the things that we're learning and deciding. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Is that what the word of God says? That's that's how we better each other. That's how we better ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's how we continue our way towards our goal, which is heaven. That's how we get there mm-hmm. is by figuring out the best path to take. And we have to make judgments along that journey in order to be able to get there best. Yeah. I mean, there there are some things that simply we aren't going to find agreement on. There are things yeah. that the Bible doesn't explicitly say. Yeah. So it's like, well, it's going to be a judgment call. And who's the writer of Hebrews? Our entire lives yeah. debating it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who, who's the writer of Hebrews? <laughs> We've had that argument here just all the time, all the time. <laughs> but we know at the end of the day we're brothers we love each other it's just it's it's conjecture like we right. do not know it doesn't matter and it does not matter <laughs> um we'll know when we get to heaven right. so like that, <laughs> and that's that's what we do so but on something like that it, we can have just judgment calls but when it comes to what is true what is scripture as a, as the example that john uses if someone says that jesus is not god that's how you know they are of the Antichrist. You, that's how they know that they are of this world, that they are not claiming that right. Jesus is who he says he is. So really important for us. Judgment helps us discern who is a false teacher and who is a true teacher. Uh, and that's more important than ever in, a, in, our, in our denominational world, I think, uh, that we live in. Because it's very easy to be deceived. And then the last point of this is I think some people will be very cheery and hurrahing about... Yes, we need to judge people. And <laughs> that's not the point of this podcast. Yeah. Because I do fear so often that people's idea is I'm going to come in and I'm going to be so harsh that I'm going to come out of Hebrews 4 where God's word is a sword. I'm just going to I'm going to tear Chop up everybody down. Yeah, just cut them to pieces. Yeah. Um instead of what judgment is supposed to do is build. That's why I specifically use the example of muscles, is it has to yeah. be torn in order for it to grow back stronger. Um, so when we come in with this attitude of, I'm just going to cut them down so they can never regenerate, so they can never come back, that's a problem. You're, you're cutting down the body of Christ. Yeah. But if you come in with a judgment that it's going to hurt, it's going to sting, but you're doing it for their good, you're doing it as kind as you can, being serious about it, being using God's word, not your judgment, that that's what's going to be most effective. And that's going to turn some people away anyway. Some yeah. people are just going to be really sensitive to that. Um, you just have to pray for them, pray for their souls and pray for a heart that is willing to accept that. So. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the reasons why it, it hurts so bad is because it's such a rare thing that occurs mm-hmm. when we are told that we're wrong. Um, but you know, like what you were saying, it, it all it goes back to the heart, right? Just like pretty much everything <laughs> in the Bible and the way we live our lives, it all goes back to our heart and our intentions behind why we do what we do, which is what you were saying. And I think that manifests itself in this and specifically the way, like you were saying, the way that we talk to people, the way that we bring that to someone's attention. Mm-hmm. 
again, going back to the example that I used with somebody with me, he could have come at me, you're hundred percent wrong in this. You're a terrible person. You're ruining your family. Be better. Mm. But he, and that would have been bad. And I would have, my anger, which is what I was struggling with, would have fully come out in that situation and it would not have been okay. Um, but instead, right. It was a softer tone. It was a, I'm not perfect. And I can see that maybe you're dealing with this too. So here, here's how maybe you can do this. And I could tell he had a good heart behind it Mm. and he was very nice about it. He wasn't harsh in any way. And that made it okay. And that made me want to be like, you know what? He's right. And you know what? I am going to change it. I'm going to try these things that he's doing. And so that's something that I have to work on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, the way you say things and the things that you say is so important. Yeah. Uh, and your attitude behind it is so important because you don't want to, you don't want to have the attitude of like, like you said, I'm just going to go and I'm going to cut these people down because they shouldn't be here anyway. So if they leave good riddance, they didn't Mm. need to be in this building anyways, if that's how they're going to react. That is a terrible attitude. It's awful. That is not a loving attitude. That's not. I, that's not what Jesus would have done, right? Mm-hmm. There were times when Jesus got very upset and 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 showed his judgment towards people, like in the temple with you know he made a whip, which is just cool. Um, <laughs> went in and, and drove the people out of the temple, but but that's. But again, you got to go back to his intentions and his heart behind it, and you got to look at the whole situation mm-hmm. together, right? Jesus would have not walked up to an individual person and just started just railing on them for all these things that they've done wrong. If anybody could have, it was him (laughs) and he didn't. So we shouldn't either. For sure. An example for me that is very similar was I did a, I was leading a prayer at a camp that I went to and it was probably the most abysmal prayer of my life where it was just like, (laughs) it was awful. I I probably everyone thought it was awful or at least, you know, I knew it was awful. And a little bit later in the day, uh, an older guy came over to me and it was away from other people. So he wasn't doing it to shame me yeah. and put me in front of the people. And he just, he just gave me the advice that uh, someone else had given him that your personal, uh, your public prayer life is a reflection of your personal prayer life. Ooh. And that punched me in the Deep. gut. I was so mad in that yeah. moment, but I mean, I don't, <laughs> it was probably six, seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago at this point. And that sticks with me. And that is a reminder of like when I am praying to God and I have this relation to him outside of it, when it comes to public prayers, when someone asks me to do it, it's pretty easy because it's like, oh, I'm already talking to him all the time. Like that, that that's super been so right. beneficial. Um, and it's just the way that he came in with this tone. He didn't get out there to expose me and to make fun of me in front of other people. It was simply, I want you to grow in this and you need to be taking seriously when you speak to God. So tone matters. Love and compassion matter. Uh, and you know, just do it the way that yeah. Jesus would do it. And I think the church has a slight reputation mm-hmm. and a stigma around it of not judging people with a nice tone, yes. being very harsh, very high on our horses, think we're better than everybody else, right? Specifically, even, you know, just the, the church of Christ as a whole, like where we tend that there is a stigma around us as being those people who are just always right, arrogant, and better terrible attitudes in, in the way that we judge it. That's mm. not a good reputation to all. have. No. I'm ashamed that, that, that we have that reputation from a church as the whole, as a, as a whole. And that's why I think this is an important thing for us to listen to is that first off, yes, it is okay to make judgments and we're supposed to, mm-hmm. but how you make those judgments is extremely important Very much so. because you don't want that reputation because all that's going to do is not only push people away that are with you, but it's also going to push 
people or keep people from ever even wanting to come in mm-hmm. because they see all they see is that hypocrisy in it or just mean people, <laughs> yeah. just not kind people um, making those judgments. Yeah, I think that that's just a really important point. We're, we're, we've talked about evangelism in this podcast already. We want to be out and bring people to the love, loving God that yeah. we serve. But why would people think that we serve a loving God if we aren't loving people? No. Yeah. So it's something we really have to work on, something we've got to be striving for. So anything else on judgment you want to talk about? Uh, I think that's it. No. Well, this is a bit of shorter, uh, a shorter podcast yeah. for y'all, uh, but we are very excited for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about something that has been weighing on both of us a yeah. lot, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to step on some toes, but we're Quite excited for own. it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> very much so. So, uh, again, thank you for our, to our new listeners on Apple Podcasts. It's great. We're very excited to have you all. And we hope that this will be an encouragement. If you enjoyed this, please share it. We'd love to hear more of your feedback and, and more thoughts. And we will hopefully keep bringing you content every week. So, And if there's anything that we said in this podcast that you disagree with and you're making a judgment against us, <laughs> bring it to us. Yes. Come absolutely. on. Let us know. By, by all means, reach out to us in some way. Um, we would love to have a conversation with you guys. Mm-hmm. If you think that there's anything that we've said wrong or taken out of context, please, please feel free to reach out. Yeah. So yeah, that great point. So you're welcome to make judgments against us. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again. We've Absolutely. been we've been Charlie and Alexander, and we are hosts of the pro- the Pilgrim Song. The Pilgrim the Song. Pilgrim song. <laughs> so thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a blessed one.